0: Hi, Interbang. How are you doing?
1: Hope you're doing all right today.
0: Yeah, hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good day. Um, Thanks for stopping in to chat with us. Uh, We've been kind of thinking about some things to talk about, but I I mean, I have thinking about stuff to talk about with Stephanie, but one of the things kind of before we were going to press record was thinking about like, oh, how should we start off this episode? And I was reminded of like, you know, to me, the term icebreakers uh, and how I like all the different camps or like school orientations or, I don't know, group event things. And everyone's like, okay, icebreaker time. And there's just some games. So, you know, it's at the beginning, obviously, and it's like a game. And my general feelings towards whenever someone says like icebreaker time or we gonna do an icebreaker i uh you hate it
1: i recoil yeah i kind of like i absolutely despise them i'm not going to be shy about this this is absolute despicable okay it works if you're already friends with the people
0: and they come about naturally they come up in conversation like hey it'd be fun to play this game of like Yeah. yeah
1: but if there's like people that you don't know or or like you and a bunch of strangers right I guess mm-hmm. that is the definition of people you don't know. Um, it's so awkward. And maybe maybe some of the more extroverted people are just like, Hey, that's great. But I am incredibly introverted. I hate yeah. you know, social interactions. <laughs> except, except when ex- I can control... except this one
0: though. What about this sure. one? <laughs> is this, one I okay? mean,
1: this this is a controlled environment, you know. <laughs> we, we set the ground rules here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Just like thinking about like how you know, I was like, is this too forced? I was like, oh, we have to come up with an opener for this episode. It reminded me of like that forced nature that I feel icebreakers are. Of, like, all right, like,
1: forced fun.
0: T- yeah, time to get to know each other and just like.
1: And when does c- that like ever come up in conversation? Like, once you've learned someone's like icebreaking talent, or you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, also, is that how we operate as humans to have that in, like very structured, superficial. superficial initial conversation of like running through like just you know explicit questions or something? Like, I, 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 I mean, at least for me, I think I'm more socially wired to just having to be kind of circumstantial conversation, or
1: I think I'd rather like natural. Talk, like have yeah have have conversations that have more of a natural flow to them. But like, when I'm trying to get to know someone. i I feel like i don't deal with the small talk very well
0: (laughs) Well, also another aspect for me is thinking about like and i had this with my job recently it was like a tell me three facts about you luckily Uh it wasn't the tell me something that people wouldn't know about you or tell me something interesting about you but it was a little bit of that flavor which to me is awful and there's so many (laughs) like (laughs) things (laughs) I think about because it's like well I don't want to say that it's kind of bragging about like some things like did digital or cool or like maybe what I think is cool or interesting people could be like what and like how am I trying to portray myself to, like,
1: explain yourself yeah because that's how, how they're forever going to see you until like they have more conversations with you
0: right because lot the of times these iceberg break activities when they're with total strangers and I guess kind of the point because you're supposed to associate
1: the activity or talent or you the thing know, the whatever. person shares Learned with them said, yeah.
0: before you really get to know their name learn their name and whatever you probably remember
1: what they said more than their yeah. name
0: oh like oh that's that one girl who does this or, or that's yeah. the guy who does who can speak these languages or whatever um and it also kind of reminds me of you know in, in like applications for jobs or schools when it's like those personal statements where you have to just talk about yourself all the i statements and how that's how
1: great you are!
0: Selling All your yourself. accomplishments, yeah, selling yourself, and how that's
1: really unnatural for what how we're usually okay, told I think, how to write. I know, I know, some people, you know, they they love to talk nothing more than themselves. You know, there are, granted, quite a few people in the world like that. Mm-hmm. You and I, Michelle, I don't think we're. <laughs> we belong not, in that not, category in that league. and Terrabank, perhaps you are and you know if you are are you good at those I, to you yeah
0: are you good at those i statement things and i just feel minor
1: I, do I, you have any tips for us please yeah, <laughs> yeah. please give,
0: i have a saved list of like my former cover letters and things i just recycle it because i'm like this isn't bad um uh, yeah, so that was coming to mind of just this, like, very structured, like, okay, here we go, icebreaker time, let's begin, and...
1: I appreciate the mints. The mints are great, you know, what? sometimes they're a little bit sweet, but they are quite refreshing.
0: Are you a peppermint or a spearmint?
1: Both, I love, I love all mints.
0: Okay, I kind of go, I kind of like spearmint a little bit.
1: More I than think spearmint peppermint. is great for, like, toothpaste, peppermint's good for, like, an after lunch kind of thing. Fair. I also you know,
0: think I like spearmint because it's usually associated with a color green,
1: which is my favorite color.
0: Versus yeah. peppermint is blue or the or like the red
1: peppermint. I like I like green too, but I like all mint. Like mint mint chocolate is probably my favorite chocolate. Mint milk chocolate. Milk dark chocolate. It tries to, you know, put in that healthy bit, but like why? It's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are we trying to do? Yeah. No, that's the whole thing about chocolate, right? And how it's like a big commodity and and everything, yeah. But I'm going of wanna go back to a little bit about like oh, yeah, the sorry. selling yourself and like your brand, your image. So yeah, you can do things you know, like we talked about like with your elevator speech, right? Which is what we're you're trained to do when you're like applying to jobs or something and it's the like idea
1: fifteen second spiel of, you know why are you great yes as if you're
0: trying to talk to someone and convince someone that you're super great while riding up an elevator of a decently tall building i think yes i think it's about 15 20 seconds like stephanie said i don't know
1: i'm just thinking about the elevator where you and i went to university michelle Mm -hmm. and um one of the buildings had elevators that were absurdly fast. You could go up six floors in less <laughs> than that many seconds. It, it was insane.
0: Yes, I remember that.
1: Yeah, so that wouldn't <laughs> apply. Um,
0: you have to really fast-forward your speech there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, a bridge. But like in elevator speeches, it's like I, for me, so as a kid, I know the show has since been kind of like reviewed and looked at and some not so great things have been pointed highlighted about it but it's a reality show you know America's Next Top Model okay that was one of my guilty pleasure shows as a kid I would watch it like every week on the CW and then like forget the other network it used to be on um but I liked it I thought it was entertaining as a kid I didn't really think too much into something that were maybe a little bit more controversial which don't really need to touch on do want to touch on that right now um but I know a lot of it was like for tv Probably for ratings. We'll just kind Extra of drama. write sure. it under that umbrella. Um, but like there was always each season, kind of towards the end, where they had, because they eliminated the contestants. So each week, so it was kind of maybe the last five or so, they would travel to some destination place. And like when they got there, they had to do what was called go sees, like two words, like G O S E E apostrophe S. And there was this process of like kind of like how in acting or in music you audition. Um, so these were just like kind of. I guess kind of like open houses, you kind of could have an appointment with these fashion houses or fashion labels um, and you would go see them. Like you would show up yourself, you'd have your little pad folio with your photos and you would show up and they would just talk with you a little bit and you'd show them your photos and then you would try on and do like just a basic catwalk or pose and take some pictures in the clothes and the fashion designer would see uh, if they liked you, um, they thought you looked good in their clothes and if they wanted to book you for photo shoot or fashion show or something. And it was always so hectic because the contestants only, they had like a time limit to go th- and they wanted, needed to go to as many as they could throughout the day. And they're trying to navigate these foreign cities. Um, like the logistics of actual travel. Yes. To and
1: from. Okay. Yeah. And
0: it was like to, to teach and, you know, if they don't, you know, not always English speaking places. And uh, it was like to teach them how, you know, you got to be really on top of your game and, in t- and intense and intense. Quick on your feet in the fashion model as a model in the fashion world, and I was always like amazed by that. You know, you get rejection. You you know, you never like the fashion designers. It was like acceptable. And looking back, it's like wow, that's intense. Like you know, they could say whatever they wanted about your look, your body. Oh, you're too fat. You're too thin. Yeah, they can get be
1: pretty harsh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very much objectifying. And you're like, yeah, that's fashion. You know, you're watching this on TV and like, oh yeah. Okay. And then they would be like, I don't want to hire you. But like you now as an, like an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's, it's a bit harsh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit harsh. And they would not, you know, it's not just your how you would look, but it's also your, um, People your, aren't produce. They're not, you can't,
1: you can't pick the perfect potato. Yeah. Person. And it's
0: also their, their personalities too. Like, oh, I didn't think that they spoke well. I don't want them to do any like campaign. What does
1: speaking have to do with, um, like photo shoot fashion models? I, I okay in Bank i have very little to basically none no experience of, of the fashion this is this is very much michelle's forte so i'm, I'm learning as much as you are but given that i'm not like i mean you <laughs> you know probably more than me I d- definitely have
0: more me. i have a particular
1: you pay more attention to it and
0: i don't know why i, do. I like it for some reason and not Describe. just like it's just a thing that i do and i think it kind sure. of I don't talk about it a lot, but I do like to just peruse on my own. And I guess kind of this show, like, kind of started that interest. Um, I think I feel that it's a little bit like politics to me. Like, it's this really distant feeling world. I know it has an effect on my world. Um, I mean, politics in a different way, but it's just this like nebulous thing like i don't it's like this nebulous machine that i don't really know how it works i know what affects my life you know, but unlike, unlike politics you know it is an art thing i like kind of art 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 stuff and things like that so it's kind of neat
1: it's politics with art you know because you got to know the right people you got to like be in the connections with the right photographers or people who editors i guess but also yeah. you got to be able to look good with or, you know, like, know people who look good with those clothes.
0: Yeah, so I think the speaking thing comes into, like, if you are going to do, like, a commercial or something. You if do, you're, talking, like, a brand or a spokesperson or something. Yeah, and it's, like, do they want that person representing their brand? And there's a whole bunch of demographic prejudice biases that play into that of, like, I want someone with darker or lighter complexion, or I like your teeth, or I don't like your teeth, or you need to get this fixed. And I think, like, as a child, because I was an impressionable, like, early adolescent watching the show... It, like, helped me realize, like, you really can't please anybody because, like, just because one fashion designer would be really negative and, like, the other one would be, like, oh, you're perfect. You're the look I'm looking for. So it was, like, coming to the acceptance of, like, with yourself being objectified so harshly but also knowing that, like... It's subjective, too. Yes. And then knowing that you can't please everybody and, like, just being, like, trying to be happy for yourself... But how, is that a Fine, facade? Find your own happiness. Your, own ha- your inner happiness. But like, is that a facade in the fashion industry? And, you know, just kind of as jumping off point and in and stuff? I mean, like, what is the purpose of a
1: human model? We
0: have mannequins stores um
1: maybe and there's just, there's like apps now where you know you you can upload like a picture of yourself and then you know like swipe through different outfits yeah so like i'm that.
0: just kind of want to take like a, like a socratic stance of just like questioning of like okay so why do we have necessary yeah real life models i mean i mean before the apps and the technology Stephanie was like mentioning like you know they needed to have someone to show what the clothes look like while you're wearing them so we definitely there's a need to know Because clothes look very different on a hanger than on a person. But
1: here's my question, right? So like, a lot of the models, I'm going to say this very carefully because I know it can be a touchy topic. Um, A lot of models, I guess, in yesteryears uh, have been of the more, I guess, skinny persuasion. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking Yeah, They have a certain look, yeah. Now the modern, I I don't know if trend is the right way of saying it it because I don't think it would go away but like the the new push i guess is to demonstrate more uh you know wider variety of sizes i suppose i would say
0: definitely in america and the western world but um i know i don't believe that's the case in all parts sure um but yeah so it's like you know clothes look different on the hanger versus on a person and on a person you can dress up with accessories and you can put a belt on whatever and so it's like okay it's nice to have a person to see okay that's what it looks like on but then you're able to kind of input your ideal person image by deciding right. who is a model they're not just picking random people mm. they want to have a certain look of a person a certain they, build yeah mm-hmm, because they, they want their they want to have some kind of image or brand or or look so i think that's where that starts and that kind of started where it Starts getting into that selectivity uh, of looks, and and then it's interesting how because it's public and it's you know publicized media and then things with print and photos and billboards that's become the ideal standard. Because it's not like, can you imagine if a different industry like like what about like if like if a different industry was the representative like ideal model of appearance? I don't know how it would work, but like, what if, like, there were just pictures of, like, I
1: don't know. You mean like ones that photograph
0: like relatively dentists. well, or like
1: dentists or something? I'm like, oh I yeah. mean, you'd have all those wonderful brochures of ten yeah. you know, de- happy dentists and yeah. their, their dental. And the fashion medicine. world
0: existed as it does, but we just were like, yeah, but they have their own ideals and body types. That's not representative. Sure. of... Sure.
1: I mean, dentists, world. you'd have the natural glowing white teeth, right? They're totally natural, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just
0: all the veneers. But, like, but like their whole body. or whatever. I'm just trying to think of what other profession would be interesting. Of like, maybe, like, a manual labor, or I don't know, or a... You'd like, oh, that's a great... You got that...
1: It's interesting. Administrative. I you, administ, I administ, kind of think administ- about that. I've got, like, certain, like, stereotypical outfits I've got for them, you know, like... Manual labor and denims, you know, of some variety because they're like tough. And then, uh, but there's like a whole fashion industry now about, around denims, right? You know, you've got denim jackets, denim trousers, you know, and then everything as in between. But you know, you know, uh, I guess with dental people, you've got like the scrubs or like the outfits too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But,
0: but I guess I'm talking more about just like the body type. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, also. The denim is interesting to me because that's such, to me, it's another Western thing. You know, jeans, cowboys, vaqueros, and like, but now it be, it's become so much more affordable um, but still is symbolic. You know, I, I feel like most cultures don't usually wear jeans daily. They wear other types of pants. Trousers, yeah. Trousers, yeah. Um, but Levi's comes to mind because there's another thing that's I've been interested in. I don't know uh, how plugged in to, to brands you are, Stephanie, or in terabang? I mean, I don't not very much. I mean, I follow a few brands, but there's. I always like to. There's. I've noticed that it's over the past just few decades, brands that I remember used to maybe be really expensive or like very rare and limited, or exclusive, have like depreciated in value and image, and because maybe just the reputation of the clientele or they went. Being bankrupt, they had business financial issues, or they just changed the type of products they had. Changed like, their marketing
1: strategy, possibly too.
0: Yep, yep, exactly. So I think of like like Levi's. Like I know back in the day, like in the 80s or so, they were really or like my Cal, like Calvin's, like Calvin Klein jeans, like they were really expensive and like hard to come by. Not hard to, but like you know, that was a pretty big investment. And now, they're I think they're much more
1: affordable. Levi jeans. I'd agree. I just bought one for like 40 bucks a couple weeks ago. I don't know if that's like great. That's, that's pr- to me, that's pretty... Yeah, low, a lot of pair like, of jeans in like ages. So
0: Lower end versus like designer jeans
1: or like I remember there's this... Thing. I don't understand. What's the point of designer jeans? Is it just so that you can, you know, like tout around that you've got a designer brand? It's that... What's the
0: logo? That's my next thing. It's about the logo thing. It's such...
1: I'm not a fan of, like, the logos being emblazoned over the entire piece of clothing repetitively.
0: Right. But I think that's become a big thing with the mass production of clothing. Yeah. You know, with the kind of industrial revolution and things like that, with the mass production of... makes it easier to just put on a logo. Or, and I'm sure... Wade... I saw a
1: documentary. I saw a documentary about the logo thing, actually. So I think before, like, people who could afford the designer stuff, they would have... Um, you know, just kind of keep it a bit low-key, because it's just kind of comfortable to wear. It's kind of cool, but it's, like, it's their money, you know, they paid however many crazy bags of money for it, but, you know, it's, they they don't need to show it off, because that's what, at the time, the culture of rich people were supposed to do, and then recently, I think, in the past, I don't know, since the 90s or so, you know, the, it's been more popular for, like, the newly wealthy people, right, to uh, you know be able to buy these designer brands and so mm. when they like it they like to show off like that's that's what the documentary is saying please don't come after me <laughs> um, that's interesting huh? that seems to be the style or trend and so, you know they want to show off that they're able to afford things like Gucci or you know Versace, like have the logos just all over the place
0: what's your take on knockoffs imitations Particularly, those are you know that try to have like a, a the logo. You, say, you see the, la- the fake Gucci, the fake Chanel. Like the, the logo
1: Louisville. is similar but different from. And, those and you things. get it
0: from. They tend to be street vendors. I know they also have online. But there's always that for me the image of you know the street vendor that has like this table and like a little like rug somewhere, and there's just all the handbags, laid out, and it's well known that they're fake. They're not real designer, but they have like you said the a, a, a logo but with a little twist on it to kind of still be able to be sold sometimes they're really close um yeah so what Terabang or, or sifting what are my my is, what do you think that's right to do is that okay to do I, as, as so, a seller and a buyer
1: i have a, a couple of family members over in hong kong so sometimes you know my family and i would go visit them and they're the genuine fake industry is not into it's
0: very big there yeah
1: so i have been told and i have not seen much in the way of evidence to negate or confirm this so don't as i take my word for it but some of the rejects so you know so-called rejects from the factories that are manufacturing you know name brand stuff um, they make extras and kind of sell off to the side now they may have very tiny um defects you know like an extra thread Mm. hanging here or something or you know perhaps they make it of lower quality leather you know Mm -hmm. but then they kind of sell it off in the genuine fake market just so that they can have extra money coming in not necessarily through the name brand designer just you know that's just how people are making extra money on the side so Um, they would just go to waste or i'm not entirely sure i don't really look too closely between the lines (laughs) Um, (laughs) but i do remember i had uh, I th- I'm convinced it's not entirely Swiss Army Watch, but uh, it purported to be a, a temperature-sensitive Swiss Army Watch. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a kid, and that thing ran for 12 or 10 year, 10 or 12 years. So mm-hmm. I was very, very impressed about its performance. Now, whether it's real or not, I honestly don't care. You know? Okay, so you don't was, care. Okay. It was affordable, and it did the job, and it was temperature changing. That I mean, to a kid, how much cooler can you get? It did mm-hmm. the time well. All you had to do is change the battery occasionally, and so you're yeah. not really huge on the brand. You're mostly just how a product I'm a functional individual
0: performs or looks or or sure. yeah, whatever thing. Yeah, well, I think the knockoff thing is interesting. I know you know in some cases it is illegal, and usually there's yeah. like representatives <laughs> from the actual company that try to go out and confiscate. But you know, I I was thinking initially of just the handbags, but I kind of forgot. I mean, there's also like makeup products that are knockoffs and that can have safety
1: health yeah they those can be quite dangerous yes concerns or or
0: electronics too
1: if um yeah so if they're defected um i know some brands they like burn the excess of what they can't sell um you know for that season or year just so that there aren't knockoffs that or you know extra stuff that go in the market Hmm. that you know so the market's not oversaturated with that product i suppose
0: got it yeah yeah but I do, yeah, I do know that there is a culture, There's a group, there is, are people who are focused, you know, because it's a status symbol if you have certain, if you're wearing, a, if you're adorned with certain yeah. logos. And I guess I've...
1: What, what, what do you think some about Some people that? in my like, family
0: are kind of focused on, on or I guess at least my mom likes to have some logo items, designer items. And I've not... I like think, show
1: off or that's just, she just mm-hmm.
0: likes the quality of what they make? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. She really believes in the quality. And I and I'm sure there is truth to that, but I also know a lot of it is marked up because of demand supply and demand like you said, you know, able to get rid of you intentionally getting rid of excess to have reduced the supply if they can. Um I mean, I guess to me it's more yeah, it's more just how, you know, some of the more expensive things are just better quality seeming and then also kind of getting into a little bit especially the movement right now of like fast fashion with the sustainability and ethics around production
1: and how tell me tell, tell us more because I I'm only vaguely aware about the in ethics.
0: yeah so I mean right now I mean we've always had you know the overseas like sweat sweat factory concerns of you know capitalism and big brands like Nike and I feel that that's always a constant thing that people like to think about And then it kind of comes to light every once in a while of learning of kind of the dire work conditions of low pay and poor environmental environments um, that these workers are in overseas in developing countries to be producing um, uh, luxury goods that they never really see the benefit of because the company, they get paid very little and the, com- you know, the uh, Western company takes such a big amount, not always Western, but the big company takes, takes a huge amount. Um, you know, like you get like Nike shoes for several hundred dollars, um, but the workers are getting 10, 10 cents a day or something.
1: sure
0: um, But then with fast fashion, I feel it's kind of become with, you know, versioned out of online shopping, And kind of the knockoff feel, not knockoff thing, and then you know getting a good good deal, so you can get these kind of imitate uh, clothing items, and they're usually from China. Um, I know they're from other countries, shipped from manufactured and shipped from China.
1: Southeast Asia usually Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, but they can be like, you know, wedding dresses for like fifteen dollars. Sure. Like, insanely cheap and you know, like free shipping and it gets sent to you. And so it's like ridiculously good prices, like unbelievably low prices on goods. And I know this becoming more and more popular now because it's like, yeah, you can get like 20 swimsuits for $20 or I don't know, like they have these deals. And so I think what's happened is in the, you know, they hide the truth obviously of kind of what's happening behind the scenes. And I know that it's becoming much more popular at least in the States here. At um, least from some friends that I have, of like, oh, it's such a great deal to have, and it's like, you know, it's like kind of they feel like it's their way to get back at how overpriced designer things are. You can get something for so much cheaper, but it's like, but yes, are you thinking about what goes into the production of that item? You know,
1: I think from a consumer standpoint, right? Like, besides the, I guess, is it fair trade when when everything's like ethically sourced? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the fast fashion items that I have personally come into contact with are not put together well. I've gone to Forever 21 and buttons. They work the first time in the fitting room. I bring them home. I wear them. You know, to work they fall off. I have to sew them back on. You yeah, know, yeah. Consistently, this is not one single purchase. Um, you know, sorry, Forever Twenty One, but other other fast fashion brands that are trying to imitate catwalk, uh, pr- you know, production stuff from mm-hmm. like higher brand companies. Um, yeah, so I I find that fast fashion clothing items items do not last as long as one would hope. I, I I suppose the reason for that is that they will last a season, and then you're done. Like the whole point is. It's done quickly as an imitation of whatever is, you know, hot that season in the catwalk, and then it's not meant to last for very long because mm-hmm. presumably the consumer will go out and buy some more clothes, and I guess that's kind of the, the whole scheme of well, the clothing industry, And right? I think
0: another aspect of the business model, so it is, I think, more quantity over quality, but also yeah. I, I believe the shipping is difficult, like returning to for returns.
1: So oh yeah, kind of, you know once they're you're hoping ho- that you don't want to like send it all the way back. Across yeah, so that,
0: so they're able to make or they charge you. They'll charge you for shipping, which is like you said, usually international, at least from the states, and so they're, that's how they're able to make a good profit off of off of that. Um, but um, yeah, just I think that's there's always you know recycled or upcycled clothing. I think you know I know
1: um, people you know there's also the option to just, like, make it at home yourself, which is arduous but perhaps a little more rewarding because you know you've made something from nothing yeah i think i mean it's doable i mean obviously
0: but it's just uh, an acquired skill with, with time and practice um sure but i think yeah i mean i was just thinking more of like brands like things that you kind of like forget like didn't that used to be this way but now it's like this so like i remember one i was thinking of the other day was champion I remember... champion. You're talking, you're
1: talking Champion, the brand. The brand, that, yeah.
0: Like the C with the little red in
1: it. Yeah.
0: Like I remember growing up as a union a couple of years ago, that was usually like sold at Walmart or Target, pretty low in prices with like the sweatpants, the sweatshirts, other athletic kind of wear. But now it's like several hundred dollars. Is it is it considered a fancy brand now? It is. And really? And they've been able to do this secret switch because... With how and why? With how? Well, athleisure has become such a luxury thing now, right? Um, What, like
1: like sweatpants? The
0: the, really the Calabasas athleisure thing that started a couple years ago that's now high-end fashion. What you? What you?
1: A lot of. I'm picturing like ladies in velour. It's like that fake velvet. You know those tracksuits. That was yeah. I can't really imagine five or ten years ago. But
0: now it's like you know with the. The sneakers are like a Balenciaga sneakers now, you know, the the sneaker scene is kind of becoming more mainstream um, and with the athleisure stuff, the designer athleisure things, Um, the t-shirts, like the Supreme t-shirts, and I just know about like the champion is now, I mean, they're able to kind of get in a a little group.
1: I don't understand the fads or the demand for those fads, perhaps. (laughs) Because so, I'm not like in that. What I always like with
0: fads is how when something is a fad, I don't know. i sure. sure if you feel about this. Like, like right now. At this time, you know, I feel like the 90s fashion is kind of in right now. But I remember five years ago, I, not even, people would be like, oh,
1: 90s was just horrible fashion. The, what, Cringing. Are doing? what are we What do? goes yeah. around comes around, though, you know?
0: But it's so interesting whenever something's in fashion, everyone's like, oh, this is so cute. I love it. I, it's like a memory. It's like an amnesia. Like, it's something. a bit of a nostalgia, I think. But it's, no, it's not nostalgia necessarily because it's, like, people who didn't experience, it's, like, young people who never experienced it. Sure. Like, this is so cute. Sure. I love this now. But if you ask them a few years prior, they're, like, that's hideous. I hate it's it. It's pretty gross. Yeah. But it's the idea that it's popular. It means social climbing, advancing. Um,
1: you're right. You're popularity. right. Popularity.
0: But it's just crazy to hear people say, like, those are so cute. I love this. And you're, like, this was dreadful not too long yes. ago. Yes. Yes. Like, dreadful, dreadful, and also I, my, because my brain doesn't really advance that way, so I still see it as, like, that's objectively (laughs) kind of dreadful, because it's not fitting Uh you well, or that just looks, it could be itchy, or hot, or cold, or not functional, or something, Um, so it's neat to witness that, so I don't know about, you know, whatever generation you could be from in Tarabang, but if you can think of a certain, like, a particular clothing item, or something, that you're, like, maybe you loved it, maybe you were one of these people, you know, I love this, but looking back, you go, oh, that was,
1: not too great or I, I remember a seeing a decade of, or era of fashion perhaps my parents like I think in the 60s or 70s no sorry 70s or 80s and mm-hmm. at the time I was like oh this is awful like who wants to wear like short shorts or um, huge glasses or you know like these crazy crazy jackets or something and mm-hmm. you know fast forward to like early or I guess mid 2010s 2020s right and now short shorts are unfortunately becoming a thing again but like you know cool jackets you know they're a little bit and you know, they got pins you know a bit of the rebellious streak um yeah. david bowie breakfast club that, that's kind of coming back now big glasses are very much sweeping the glass mar- glasses market yeah i'm still not a fan but i i can see how some people are going to that again
0: but i think it's one thing is that, you know, I read a recent article cuz I was curious with the pandemic of how that high fashion industry, like, you know, especially in Italy and like Milan was being affected by the virus with people not attending shows in person and a lot of those times it was things involved like Can the and,
1: models even attend the shows? Like the people who no, are supposed I don't to think they're really the I think
0: now they're tra- you know the next month or so they're going to try to have that return but sure. You know but there's an article that's saying that a lot of these businesses and fashion lines are still doing okay they just have online stores and people are still buying but it's the concept of wearing these high-end pieces more for yourself in your home maybe on a zoom call or something on a (laughs) on a video call but the idea that I'm not just owning this or wearing this item to be seen by people which is I think what was initially perceived which I think is still the case for most but it was the idea that they're they're Business hasn't been doing as dismal as anticipated uh, because people are still wanting desiring expensive luxurious clothing because they associate that with
1: so how are they buying the clothes enough. like are they are they shown on mannequins like how yeah, this being I'm sure, they have,
0: I'm sure they're able to socially distance and bring models in to just do a photo shoot for the clothing. Okay. And maybe they can do online consultations with video. So calls they just don't have the live spectacle. of yeah, like they people going, walking up and down. Yeah, and they're not room. going in for fittings. And they discussed the article in a good point. It discussed how they kind of changing the product line to be of more looser, open shapes that didn't wouldn't probably actually need as much tailoring. Um like kaftans and tunics. That's
1: pretty smart, like that. yeah.
0: Um but I thought that was kind of an interesting um response to to stay to stay um
1: in business. Um, well I mean fashion has very much always generally been a reflection of society, right? Like mm-hmm. would you agree? You know, mm-hmm. or, or the, the it's a sign of the times. Um, so you know, I guess as a reflection of of the current climate situation of pandemic, you know, they're making do with what they can. Yeah, like you said, with yeah, like the looser fabric and material.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um back in like the war times, you know, they'd conserve on using metal, you know, rivets or, you know, things on the uniforms or, you know, clothing when they could so they could conserve, you know, material for you know, other purposes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's always been interesting to kind of follow styles and fashion uh, through like a social history perspective yeah. i think there's like another element that i wanted to touch
0: on uh, you know and it's affected with the lack of in-person fashion experiences with you know no fashion week or fashion shows which can which can be recorded and they're often you know uploaded uh, later on for for viewing virtually um, and they might do that I mean, they might have like kind of you asked about Stephanie like they might actually just have fashion shows without an audience but it's you know it's a stage kind of it's kind of like a stage it's a live stage performance and how there's an element of music as well as lighting and the clothes and the models and the pacing of it and
1: yeah so it kind just, of sans audience just sans audience yeah so I mean
0: how they, they could kind of work with I mean they could have a camera crew I don't know I, there might be something already in the works or it might be something already happening we haven't checked out but for me and I was just thinking um so again I like I, I watched um self-disclosure yes I watched America's Next Top Model growing up when it was airing and then um also for whatever reason I would watch every year the Victoria's Secret fashion show like by myself or with friends um not sure why i just became drawn to it i think i just like the production of it i thought it was really impressive just as like a live stage production with all that went into it and i just liked how they always had these nice themes i mean like yes there are the actual products they're selling um but you don't even see it at some point because they just have you know they have those amazing outfits with the wings and everything
1: just looks very glamorous
0: yeah so you don't realize oh it's just underwear um so I thought it was you know I always thought it was just nice to see and it was always different every year and and whatnot but with the music you know I always thought that the role the music plays is to set such a tone uh for the show and I think it's just like kind of a spectrum of what shows do so sometimes it is just kind of ethereal instrumental music um that just I don't know might be kind of monotonous or something or um, yeah something that's just kind of more basic just to have um
1: just some some sound in the background so you're not walking in silence
0: yes exactly (laughs) um and sometimes you know and also these things the music sometimes live or not live it's already like you know it could be playing on a sound system and then kind of further along that spectrum i feel is like music that you can't might not know is still instrumental but i associate and i think stephanie you've mentioned earlier of like before we before this episode of like that kind of house electronic techno music which just brings about this sense of like modern
1: neatness and coolness like i don't know just it's just something i think that you can always kind of vibe to now vibe is it's it's a funky word i'm not entirely sure why i fell on the fence with this word but um it's, it's a song that, you know, you can set a pace to. It's, it's good for a strut. It's good for a little wiggle of a dance. There you know, need, you can, yeah, you're right. It's, there a, has it's, to very, be. it's structured, but also
0: formless. Yeah, and there is a thing of there needs to be, or not needs to be, but there oftentimes is there some kind of a rhythm, because usually the way shows are, run are when you're involved involve models walking at like a, kind of a pedestrian pace of, you know, on the catwalk or the, the runway. Um, and I think that really gets synchronized the most with kind of the end, you know, the final category of music that I feel was when they really just bring in straight up just, you know, top 40 pop, popularly known songs. It's not always pop. Sometimes it's different genres. And this is sometimes when they kind of bring in the actual artist too. Um, So again, kind of going back to the Victoria Secret, I know this is not the first and only show to do this, but that was just kind of my uh, bringing. They would bring in to you know, three or so different artists, and they would sing current popular songs. Maybe they were might maybe their most popular, and they'd be on the stage when interacting with the models. And you know, sometimes you would have them. You could definitely see the models trying of attuning their walking or movements, um, and how the kind of mood, whether it was more sassy or sexy or subdued, uh, to the music playing. Um, and so but also just given, maybe,
1: given that blue steel like how they deliver that yes <laughs> yes
0: but sometimes too like artists would maybe just be like the opening act before the show would kick on as well
1: so it's like a pre-show pre-show to the actual show
0: yeah so kind of just wanted to run through a list of songs that kind of I felt fell in that category I know for me like I like the French DJ um just I know he's kind of in that first category of more instrumental kind of techno music and he was um I believe it was in a fashion show. I can't remember the name now. I will give me some moment. I will think was about. Was it, it a French brand? Do you? No, think? no, um, no. I have to just look it up. Um, but is it kind of the second character, I think Stephanie, you had some songs that were kind of. Fit I had in yeah, there.
1: I had a few kind of in that in that same vein, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Paolo Santo by Years and Years, great British group and also Sunlight um, by The Magician featuring Years and Years. Um, They both kind of have a bit of a, I don't know, there's a certain strutability about them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, or or perhaps you don't want to feel like strutting, but this is definitely a good beat, I think, that can be used for them. And then also in the same vein, I suppose, is My, My, My by Troye Sivan. It's also got a very predictable beat, but the song, itself kind of keeps changing and evolving. So it's not necessarily completely repetitive. Like it, it mm-hmm. kind of grows, mm-hmm. but in a good way. So, yeah, yeah. those are my three for this time.
0: Yeah. And I just remembered that the, the designer for the just Stein, Um it was a spring 2018 show for Alexander Wang, also happened to be the debut of the model, Kaya, Kaya Gerber. Um, it's kind of a, she's now pretty, pretty big because of her, well, her mom's Cindy Crawford um but yeah it was just this i just the song stood out to me it's hard to discover that artist um but um yeah it's like you can't really it definitely has a a distinct beat so it like kind of starts say the strutability of it um yeah. it's definitely there but i hope that's a word i really want it to i be. believe so i think so All um right. but at the same time being a little bit more like background seeming kind of kind of music and then kind of but yeah, going back yeah kind of when i mentioned like the Victoria secret shows or something that we've had there's this fun kind of edgy pop rock um, music. Um, like I always think of the Body Rockers. like the way you move that opening that like with Giselle Bundchen happened. Or recently we had um, Harry Styles perform "Kiwi" um, as the opening. I think that was um, 2018,
1: I believe. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I just remember when they were over really cool
0: suit, when they're overseas in China
1: yes shanghai I believe. the shanghai
0: yes for that show um but then you know also like i said the more subdued songs like uh lady gaga when she did a victoria's secret fashion show for instance she did like a million reasons um which is oh yes from
1: like her joanne era where mm-hmm. she's more like
0: country sort of based yeah um so just kind of a wide array of that and um but just how all these different types uh, of music uh, just affect the whole show. And
1: again, you know, so the, you know, we'll be posting these songs. Go ahead. Or just- oh, I just wanted to put one more in, song in the kind of vein of variety yeah. of music. Uh, Tom O'Dell had this great song called Still Getting Used to Being On My Own, mm-hmm. which he did for Burberry, I think, in LA as like the British in LA show, I think. I forgot a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But that one was really cool too. It was just so somber, I guess, compared to the very amped-up vibe, I suppose, of like Harry Styles' "Kiwi." And yeah, yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's not always like hyped-up,
0: power-strutting music. Yeah, it's sometimes, yeah, it can be in a different, different flavor like that, and or sometimes too, you know, maybe this recorded song um, is much different than what they do live, just to kind of bring about a different sense. Um, so yeah so we'll definitely be kind of posting the songs we mentioned um to our spotify playlist for this episode but again there, i feel like there's such a wide range of songs that they didn't have whether they have even been in actual fashion shows but just songs that just kind of because we see fashion shows we know what happens in them but just songs that maybe instill like a, oh i could totally like strut down around my right now or like i'm really feeling a very emotive feeling right now
1: have a fashion show for yourself why don't you Totally, you know, because you're always entitled to one. Uh, yeah. So if you have a song that you think or you think would be fitting, <laughs> please, yeah, <laughs> put on your favorite caftan or jacket or <laughs> trousers, whatever your favorite, you know, hat. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter.
0: Just be feeling, you know, feeling yourself in the moment and yep. um,
1: dance, strut, do whatever, like nobody's watching. Exactly.
0: And you know, understand that you can, you know, you can be your own ideal, not you know, somebody somebody else's um, so, so yeah if you want
1: to mold yeah
0: exactly so <laughs> if you have a song feel free to email us or, or tweet us we'd love to hear your suggestions um but uh then that's the end of the episode for for today um thanks so much uh again terabang um for for joining us this was a topic that we we're kind of excited to talk about and and learn from each other on Uh, So hopefully, you know, thanks for bringing in your presence.
1: Um, We we hope you have a good week ahead. Yes, good week or however much time elapses. Um, Perhaps they're going to jump in the next five seconds. Exactly. Yeah,
0: hopefully we, yeah, we we could pop in. Bye. Take care. Take care.